In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Fucking Steelers, fucking beat them, the bastards. Anyway, it's a politically correct, polite podcast, and I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright. How are you, Jack? Well, if you're going to say it, I'll say it as well. Fuck the Steelers. So, uh, yeah, pumped. Let's do it. Four times a charm. Fuck the Steelers. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ian's doubling his uh, generous offer uh, this week, if every time Miles Garrett does a sack, it's worth 50 bucks. Sack lunch! Take my money, bro. Miles Garrett hat trick. Plus, if he gets his helmet off again, I am willing to give a thousand bucks to the Waterboy African charity. There it is. No, it, it's a great cause. And listen, if great things come when Miles Garrett takes down. Ben Roethlisberger, then you know what? I, I will gladly contribute. Don't tell my fiance part of our wedding fund to, uh, to the Waterboys charity. Ian, can I ask a question? If I put a tweet up right now saying, would you marry a Steelers fan? Would you be offended? No, not at all. Because I thought I was thinking about doing it, but then I thought you may thought that was like a real nasty dig against your future wife. I assure you this week, she has not been too pleased with me. It's just coincidentally not Steelers week. So, you know, it is what it is. She doesn't listen to the podcast. So I can say what I want. <laughs> It'd be so good if she does listen to this one. Oh, Jack. Because it's Steelers week. Jack, any gambling you're doing this week at all? Or? Yeah, I'm on, on two bets at the moment. So um, I am on uh, Kansas City minus three and a half against None other than uh, Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. Um, because Josh Allen sucks. Made some money yesterday. Um, betting that at halftime because Josh Allen's bottle job. And all these people apologizing for their Josh Allen takes. No, he's regressed after four weeks and everything's back to normal. So um, that might come to bite me in the ass, but I don't really care. And then the other one I'm on is... Um, Green Bay minus one and a half against old uh, senile Tom, who can't count to four, and uh, doubled that with the over 52. It's now 40, uh, 54 and a half. So uh, if you'd have bet it when the line came out, you'd have got a little bit more value. So uh, they're the two I really like, and uh, that's where I'm at this week. What are the bookies saying the predicted score is Browns versus Steelers? So they're predicting the uh, Steelers as three and a half point favourites. Um, I don't know if that's playing in the fact that Baker's rib injury. Yeah, we got the all clear. But uh, Chris Collinsworth was chatting about it on um, his podcast with Richard Sherman earlier today. And they're saying, yeah, they're going to tell him he's all clear. When he goes back and gets checked um, in a week's time, they'll know all that stuff's there. Um, Baker's going to be playing hurt. He didn't, practice, he didn't throw in the first 10 minutes when the uh, media was allowed there today. So uh, there will be an injury um, stuff there. 
um, that's not going to go away. Um, and that could be the difference um, in the game. What's your thoughts on scores? I'm going with a nice big 28-27 Browns win. Jack? I, I think it's going to be a loss, but by less than three points. Um, so let's say 27.30 to the Steelers. Ian? Jack, I'm ashamed of you. A loss, huh? Yep. That's not going to happen. Let's be, let's be honest. The Steelers Come on, Ian. Okay, the Steelers' offense – Jack, you know they can't score. Their offensive line sucks. Their quarterback is older than me. The running back goes down with the, the fart of the wind. Where's this team getting points from? Even Andrew Sandejo can cover some of their tight ends. Vance McDonald hasn't been open since before the pandemic. Who's scoring points for this team? It's not happening. Browns are coming out 37-24. Book it, write it, W. First time that half of these people have won a game in Heinz Field. So basically, the Browns are going to beat the toothless brothers and sisters by about 10, 15 points. I, I have the Browns. It's going to be one of those games where it's about 31-24 late, 31-20, 30-24, and then Ben's going to throw an interception late in the game, and the Browns are going to punch it in for the signature win. The interesting thing to note, um, and it's, it's why I – Certainly steered away from any bets around this game. Look at the four teams the Steelers have beat. It's not good. They are absolute toilet. We've got Carson Wentz. The Wentz wagon's only got one wheel on it because he's got dodgy knees, depot nose. We've got the Vikings. We've had the, they didn't uh, beat the Vikings. They beat the Texans, the Giants, the Jets. Up into the, their fourth game, which they just played, they hadn't beat a team that had even won a game. And then they just beat Philadelphia. And Philadelphia had just won one. So, yeah, week one – I'm sorry. They went Giants, Broncos, Texans. They skipped the Titans and played the Eagles. So, combined, those teams have – have the Broncos won a game yet? Uh, this is no. how much fact-checking we have there. Yeah. So, the Broncos – Goose egg. Oh, no, they're one and three. Texans have now won a game, but they were all unwinned when they played the Steelers. And that's what I'm saying. The Steelers' offense, they're not good. It's not a good offense. You look at, you look at Ben Roethlisberger, he's still Big Ben. He still can throw the ball. But against the Eagles, it was a shin-kicking contest. I fell asleep in the second quarter. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty dreary affair. Um their secondary has been struggling, even though there's a lot of names there that are quite tasty, but uh, it's definitely not been their way. They're, they've relied on getting pressure up front. 50% of snaps have got pressure. It's an insane um, rate. So, but luckily, what is the strength of our offense? It's the O-line. So, yeah. um, TJ Watt is their legit. TJ Watt's a beast. Cam Hayward's a beast. St uh, Stephon Tua's a beast on that defense. Those three guys... Uh, and I think Bud Dupree has been pretty solid. He hasn't been great. The guy that, like you said, just shocked me a little bit is Lincoln Fitzpatrick. I have not – for a guy that was Defensive Player of the Year candidate last year, he hasn't really been much involved in about anything. This All the magic has gone to the other fits. <laughs> what, what's, 
What's your views on uh, Claypole? He's got four touchdowns last week. I, I, he's still the third most dangerous wide receiver on that team for me. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it, Paul, is he's just a big guy. I mean, Claypool is all of 6'5". And if you remember right, Browns fans, yours truly put out a mock draft prior to the draft having Chase Claypool because I like big guys and wide receivers. And I was mocked off the planet for choosing a wide receiver. And here we are relying on Hollywood Higgins. Meanwhile, Chase Claypool in one game has more touchdowns than Hollywood Higgins does in three years. Um, what's your guys' view on Bell linked with uh, the Browns? <clears throat> Jack, I'm happy with Dearness Johnson this. as our third choice running back. I don't think I don't see the point in bringing in Left Bell as our third choice running back. Even with uh, Chubb's injury, he's going to be back in two weeks. Yeah, he's washed up. He's a pain in the ass. Don't like him. I have a picture with him. He's a Reynoldsburg, Ohio guy. Sorry, love. If he wants to play on the vet minimum, I'll sign him for the rest of the year. Put him on the practice won't. squad. He wants an opportunity. He's going elsewhere. Um, yeah, if he wants to sit on the practice squad, he's more than welcome. There's no way it's happening. It's just farcical, the people that have linked it. Um, I've heard Chicago, honestly. I'd hear everybody's talking about him coming out here. Chicago. Are, are they excited about him? Chiefs. Chiefs and potentially Pats makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah. Oh, boy. Breaking news. Nick Saban got the Rona. Nick Saban, <laughs> test positive for coronavirus. Former Browns defensive coordinator. Um, guys, who, who scares you the most on the Steelers um, roster? DJ Watt. And it's he's definitely good. playing on Sunday, you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's playing. Um, TJ Watt, much like Miles Garrett, has a way of disturbing. I mean, was it, what, last year or two years ago, he started off with, what, four sacks against the Browns on opening day? They, so the Steelers run, they've run the same defense for next to a millennium. They run their 3-4. And you're talking about a team that just plugs the middle up you know, they've got Cam Hayward, who's one of the best uh, defensive tackles in the league. They've got um, Stefan Tuitt, and they've got Tyson Alualu. These are the guys that primarily take up their snaps on the inside. Then you have on the outside, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. And then obviously on the inside, they have Devin Bush and Vince Williams, who both are, are struggling in terms of their inside linebackers. The, the stoutness of the front to neutralize a team's offensive line allows T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree to run, kind of to run rough shop. And Watt's that guy that can create pressures. He creates turnovers. If you need an example of how a pass rusher can change the game, look at the Browns' Colts. What Miles Garrett was able to do to the Colts' O-line, causing Phillip Rivers you know, to basically gift us nine points, that's what T.J. Watt has the ability to do for the Steelers. And – Guess what, Browns fans? He's done it to us before. How many times has he got his hand on the ball, got an interception, you know, hit the quarterback, causing an interception, strip sacks? I mean, this guy is a—he's a hell of a football player. Taken in the same year as Miles Garrett, twenty-six picks later. You gotta do what you can do to neutralize T.J. Watt. Sixteen picks later. I thought he was like in the late twenties, wasn't he? No, seventeen. 
There you go. I was drinking that draft. I was. I must have confused him with David Njoku and Jarrell Peppers. We could have had him. We could have had him instead of Peppers or Njoku. I guess Njoku. Njoku. What about you, Jack? Who's the guy on their team? Big Ben. Just because Big Ben can throw, and when you've got three wide receivers out there who can do decent different things, um, that's going to cause problems. Because uh, our secondary, yeah, Andrew Sindahu, yeah, um, it's, it's not pretty. By the way, Paul, TJ Watt was selected first round number 30th overall. He was drafted in 2017, pick number 30. So that's what I do when I do my search. I looked at the 17. Paul, day. would you say your over under number of alcoholic beverages consumed today would be over or under eight and a half? <laughs> over over so listen yeah, Brad, this guys. over and under stuff really confusing me guys i was gonna so. say i'm betting that over all day long yeah so bronze fans if you want to talk about dedication because i know a lot of people like to get on paul for being a british bronze fan this is a man who has spent all day consuming the fruits of alcoholic beverages and still made time to come up and do a podcast with jack duffin and myself that that's dedication. You can't fly across the pond and get hammered, so you get hammered there during Steelers week. Browns fans, that's dedication you won't find anywhere else. All right, well, let's get real controversial on this podcast. How do you feel, honestly, and we're an honest podcast, about New York Browns backers offering free shots when Big Ben gets injured? Oh, no, he goes off injured. Here's the thing. Big Ben has a propensity sometimes for limping to the sidelines with pseudo-injuries. The number of times that Big Ben has actually been hurt, like last year when his arm exploded, is one thing. But let's not pretend like he's not a Hollywood actor in terms of his injuries sometimes in milking things. So I get it. People don't ever like to wish injuries on other people. I didn't see the tweet. We talked about it a little bit. But at the end of the day, if they're not like saying, I hope he goes out and tears his ACL or something like that, and you're basically just saying, I'm going to do a shot every time he limps off, I don't really have a problem. Some of the quotes is, I hate Ben as much as anyone else to root for his career to be over. That's a little bit messed up. Big Ben reply with, we don't support rapists, neither. (laughs) So, yeah, it's getting quite political on um... account. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I'll give you a little trivia question. So ben Roethlisberger attended the uh, Finley High School, which was in the GLL conference with yours truly, if this is being right. And we went back long because he, really, he wasn't really too relevant in terms of high school football rankings in Ohio. He was a year older than me. Um, so years, a couple years later when he was in the NFL, a couple of us went back and watched our old football game of him. And he really, I mean, he was just kind of a tall, skinny guy. He didn't play quarterback for a majority of high school because the coach's son was a quarterback. And then when he went to Miami, Ohio, he almost went down as a tight end, and then they figured out he could throw the ball. So, I mean, he's made questionable life decisions, but. When was the last time someone said Ben and Skinny in the same sentence? Probably high school. <laughs> how many years older, how many years younger, older is he than you, Ian? I believe he's born in 82, so he'd be a year older than me. I will, I will double confirm. I won't trust your sources on this because at this point we're having trouble believing the uh, the, the the pick that TJ Watt was. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know, Ben. I just I've watched him obviously because you know because we that's the second game that's on in our household. He doesn't look the same. He really doesn't. So he is exactly Paul, one year and five six months older than me. He was March second of eighty two. I was August of eighty two. So I, I don't know. He just doesn't have what he had before. And listen, Jack may be right. You have three wide receivers, and maybe it looks different because he doesn't have Antonio Brown. He doesn't have Lev Bell. He doesn't have all these guys that were out there. You know, he's throwing to a tall wide receiver. He's throwing to Deontay Johnson, who I like. You know, and Juju's not bad. But it isn't uh, Le'Veon Bell. It isn't Antonio Brown. So maybe that's just why it looks different. But like in the past, I would look at the Steelers and I'd be like, oh, here come the Steelers. They're ready to just crush us. Now I look at them and I go, we can beat these chumps. They're, they're, their defense is pretty good. They got one of the better defenses in the league, and their special teams is very good as well. But their offense is not, does not scare me. So in this game, it's going to come down to the Browns' defense is our weakness. The Steelers' offense is their weakness. Our offense versus their defense are our strengths. You know, Prefer got to get this special teams unit hum and just touch back, whatever you got to do. Like, let's not lose the game on special teams. And let's let our strengths go against each other, their defense versus our offense. Because we know their offense is going to score some. Our secondary communication right now is, is struggling. There's a lot of times when Sadejo and either the nickel corner or, you know, the other safety, they're just having trouble figuring out, you know, whether they're in cover four, cover three. You know, I know there was one that we watched. Uh, they did a – OBR did a breakdown on that was really good. The Browns need to come out, impose their will – establish the run game. The Eagles really couldn't establish the run game. I know they had one 75-yard run, but I think Miles Sanders had like 20 yards on like 10 carries after that. So, you know, we got to get out, move the ball, control the clock, let the let Baker make some plays. But at the end of the day, this offense of the Steelers does not scare me. If we lose to the Steelers, do you think our season's over? No, not at all. At the, at the end of the day, we lose the Steelers. We can easily win the next two. And yeah. it's seven and two. It's nuts. <laughs> Paul, remember the years when we were one and four, one and five? We're four and one. We, if we lose a game now, it's okay. Yeah, but in them days, we had a lot more hope. Paul, I had hope every year. In the 0-16 season, we're 0-15 going into the last game against the Steelers. And my dumbass took the Browns plus the I put my hard-earned money in the hands of Corey Coleman. Just That's remember. stupid. Exactly. That's hope, my friend. Like Shawshank. It's a dangerous thing. It can drive a man insane. Yeah. You know what? I, I did think, though, in them days of the 0-16 and 1-15, and I thought, you know, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. Now that we're winning, it's not you the same expectations. Buzz. It's not the same buzz, you know. We need to uh, mix up a little bit, you know. We need, we need a bit of like lose half time, then come back and win full time. That's what we need a bit more you of. You sick puppy. Clearly, Paul's not a gambler. <laughs> yeah, I hate gambling. Yeah, get, let me hit the 21 and then we're done. Yeah, early payout. Because even if we'd have fucked it up against the uh, Indianapolis, where we were 21 ahead, early payout. They'd settled my money line. <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm sweating this for the result, but my bet is done. Mm. Yeah, it's, All right, guys. It's, we're in a division right now. The, the Ravens are obviously 4-1. and one. The Steelers are obviously 4-0. and oh. 
But as we pointed out earlier, we're not exactly talking about a juggernaut of a team here that they've beaten. So the Browns just have a chance to go out and really establish themselves as a real contender in the, in the division. If you lose, which we all listen, there's nobody here on here to talk about the Browns losing. Um, they need to come out, like Jack said, win the next two against the Bengals and the Raiders, get it to seven and two, or would be six and two, right? Do the math. Six and two. So we're now through the first two quarters of the season at three and one, three and one. Now, both of our losses are to divisional opponents, but I still think the Browns can exploit. I mean, we talked about it. Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't been as solid this year. You know, Devin Bush, one of their middle linebackers, has struggled. Listen, we all like Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden is not having a very good season in terms of, you know, his play. I know he has, I think, one interception of relevancy. But outside of that, I mean, people are completing a good number of passes against him. Uh, Steven, Steven Nelson hasn't really done much. Terrell Edmonds hasn't done much. I mean, their highest graded player is, of course, T.J. Watt. That's who he is. He's the one you got to neutralize. I don't know if they're going to give him a shot against Jedrick. I don't know if they're going to give him a shot against Jack Conklin. But here's the thing, and I, I, this can be our last point going to this because I know we may touch base one more time before the game happens. But if you had to pick right now with the Browns team, Paul, would you have Mike Tomlin as your head coach or Kevin Stefanski as your head coach with this Browns team? That's a real tough question, mate, to be honest. I know. That's why I asked it. Well, this like is, this isn't a layup podcast. Mate, I think I'd go with Mike just because of experience. You think his offense would suit this team? No, I think his experience would suit this team. Mike Tomlin, for me, uh, I said it last year, deserved head coach of the year. He, he took a Duck Hodges-led team and romped it. When ben, Big Ben went down, I was talking about, oh, well, they should be in a great position to pick their next quarterback. And they gave away the first-round pick for um, Fitzpatrick. And I publicly called them a bunch of nutters. Um, and he somehow did it. So, quite frankly, that man has worked an incredible job last year. Um, in terms of just an offensive mind to run the team, I, I would 100% have Stefanski's system. The fact that we've got like the 28th best quarterback this year and we've got a record of four and one. And it's not like a, it's not a fake record of we've just been beating bad teams. Um, it, that's incredible. Um, Stefanski is doing wonders. If, if you had given Stefanski a top 10 quarterback, we'd be annihilating teams. It, it, it could get bloody. Um, it's crazy. I, I, I think he's working absolute magic. And it's, it's very much different to um, what we saw with Kubiak. There's mixed in a lot of other stuff. So, uh, nice, exciting. It, to me, Jack, we talked about it leading up to week four. We talked about the Kirk Cousins effect with Stefanski in Minnesota or after those first four games. Baker comes out in his fifth game and lights up the first half, right? He lights it up. Going into halftime, you're like, holy shit, like there may be some relevancy to this, to this stat. And then he comes out and struggles in the second half. I do think. And I, I tweeted this out earlier today. You know, Baker is the first girl that you can bring home to mom. And I have faith that Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski can make me the best form of chicken salad out of pieces of chicken shit as opposed to an entire team of chicken shit, which is what we had before. And 
right now where Stefanski has this team, and it's much to your point, Jack, about just playing above kind of what their pay grade is. Because, yes, we have a great fantasy football team. We have Odell and Jarvis and these guys. But last year, we were soft as baby shit in the areas that it counted. I mean, Paul, you and I sat there. We watched our team get their asses handed to them on every single aspect of the offensive and defensive line. That's changed. Now we have physical maulers. We've got the Wyatt Tellers kicking ass. We've got Andy Janovich kicking ass. You know, we've got the physicality. I think the Browns have the advantage in head coach because right now the Steelers kind of just look like a hodgepodge of Tomlin trying to run the old offense with new players. Whereas I think right now there's a lot more symmetry with the Browns in their offense than with the Steelers in their offense. I think we have an advantage using Stefanski. One thing I'd encourage everyone to listen to um, is a good friend of the show, John Costco from PFF, was on uh, Locked on Browns with Jeff Lloyd uh, yesterday. And when you guys listen to this, go back and listen to the show. Even if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, just listen to the first 15 minutes when John goes into depth about uh, Baker. Um, it takes a lot of what I was trying to say, but does it much more intelligent and data-driven. So uh, it's definitely worth a listen. But guys, Baker's got another year and a half. It's not like his time's expiring anytime soon. Um, he can go out and really show he's got it. It's just there. there is concerns. And uh, I, I would love nothing more to uh, be proved wrong. And uh, he comes out and rinses it for the next year and a half. And uh, I'll be queuing up to give him that extension in the uh, buy next year. So, Jack, you're saying you still believe in Baker Mayfield has got potential to be a franchise quarterback? So, so I, I think the word franchise is just nonsense these days. It's thrown around too often. Um, a top 10 quarterback. For me, that, that is the level you need to be to get paid. Um, and I 100% think he can do it. Um, but he hasn't shown it for a long, long time. Um, and I think uh, John Costco went back after the first four games he played um, in the NFL. Since then, his uh, play in a clean pocket has been poor. And it goes back to his rookie year. Um, it's, it's not been great. So it, it needs a lot of work, but... Um, at the end of the day, we've got a year and a half. Is I'm not saying rush this decision. Take the time, um, and and let's see. If if he's not, I'm 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 fine moving on in a year and a half. It wouldn't bother me. Ian is Baker a top ten quarterback? He has the potential. We we saw again. He's a top ten quarterback if he can play as consistent as he did in the first half against the Colts. Yes, you're good. No quarterback makes a hundred percent good throws. They make 98% good throws, and the 2% that are bad aren't intercepted. So the underthrow to Landry, giving you, you know, your guys a chance to make a play, that one to Beckham across the middle, like, let these guys make a play. But he was throwing balls in the first half last week that made me excited. And then in the second half, he just threw some balls that you're just like, ugh. Like throwing the linebackers, not reading coverages, not seeing what the defensive line's doing in adjustments. If Van Pelt and Stefanski can – reduce those moments of Baker and replace them with half as good moments as the first half, absolutely a top 10 quarterback. And it could be one of those ones where he at some point strikes gold with a certain scheme and throws 400 yards and ends up in the top five. I mean, it's definitely possible. Claude, what do you think? Woof, woof. He said it's time for the dogs to take over. Uh, seriously, guys, where do you see the Browns winning the game against the Steelers? 
if we can control the line of scrimmage, run the ball effectively, Baker Mayfield needs to be not a game manager, but I'm saying he needs to be a level up or a level two levels up from game manager level. Don't don't get strip sacked. Don't throw a, an interception at an untimely down. Make sure we take advantage of our opportunities in the red zone. I think that if you get on top of this Steelers team quick, they're going to fold like a napkin. They're just – they're. if you watch them against the Eagles, they got up and then gave it back. I think if you get up on this team in the first half and we go up and say what's like 24-6 or 24-10 at halftime, I think the Browns will have uh, some good success against the Steelers. All right, guys. Well, look, Jack? I, I just think they've got to get ahead early because the fact that Baker's going to be playing with a slight injury could mean that you don't want him trying to backdoor into a win um, and put all that pressure on him. You want to get ahead and just let the run game take care of itself. So I think the key thing the Browns need to do is get ahead, stay ahead, and then – because all this can take is one hit to Baker – and then potentially Keenum's in the game, and you, you you don't want to be risking that. So if we get ahead, we can then just run the ball, run, 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 uh, a, little, a few quick play-action passes in there to mix it up. But uh, if we get behind, I think we could really, really struggle, and it could end up with a messy number. It won't be a bad loss, but the numbers, if you look at the box score, will just be awful. Question, Jack. Baker goes down. My guess is he's got a bruised rib cartilage or something. You said Baker was, what, the 28th-ranked quarterback? Yep. Do we think Case Keenum is 29, 30, 31, or 32? I just don't think he's had the practice time to be at that He's been in the system longer than – in Stefanski's system longer than Baker. Yeah, but, no, the connection with the wide receivers, with the running backs, that – As much as they make, they better have a connection with everybody. He's not going to have had as many snaps in uh, practice as uh, Baker will have. Even though Baker's hurt not throwing – I think he's going to take some this week. I think that they're going to give him some more this week, just knowing how tender Baker is. I'm I don't feel Baker's not better than Case Keenum. I'm just saying if Baker's ribs do act up and he takes a shot, it's not doom and gloom if, you know, it's not like Charlie Whitehurst is going in the game. We have one of the better backups in the league. Uh, I'm not saying it's doom and gloom, but if you're behind and we're talking uh, 14 points down potentially, I don't really want Case Keenum coming in the game and thinking, hey, we're going to save this. That's why I'm saying we need to be ahead because if that happens and we're ahead seven, we're ahead 10, I feel good. If we're behind and Case Keenum's coming into the game, I'm not feeling confident at 10 to 14 points down that Case Keenum's going to turn it around. He's not like the ginger assassin, Andy Dalton. How do we all find Gilbert going to the Cowboys? Who? Hey. Ian, are you upset about it or don't care? I mean, it's a practice squad quarterback. I actually was a little flattered that another team wants our practice squad quarterback. He's older than me. People were hyping him up for some youngster. He's fucking old. Um, the interesting thing is going to be who the Browns go out and sign because they will bring a third quarterback in. Not, not unless they've got full confidence in the uh, old OBJ Landry uh, Show. Rogan, roll back. No. Rogan, roll back. No. All right, guys. Girlfriend back, and they're going to go back on hard knocks. Where is my mate, um, the 
the Bengals' old quarterback. AJ McCarron. Yeah, where's he now? Uh, is he with Houston still, or is he with Oakland again? I want to say he's uh, Hugh Jackson's garden or something. He's with the Texans, Paul. Yeah. Yep. He's backing up Deshaun Watson. All right, guys. Let's let's finish up the podcast by saying go Browns, and um, I really hope we get a victory on Sunday. Go Browns, go Miles Garrett. Cost me some money. I would really love to see like a nice four sack game out of me. Come on, Miles. Bankrupt me, buddy. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>